This is Fan POV Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are Fan Pop here to cover the NFL, especially at this exciting time in free agency. My name is Kevin Robison. With me, as always, Michael, the MVP, Panamarzik. Mike, how is your week, brother? Tell me all about it. Kev, doing great. Uh, just trying to keep up with the signings. You know, the weather's starting to get beautiful in Ohio. The windows are open, getting outside a little bit more and more. So <laughs> things are all good my way, man. How about yourself? Yeah, I agree, man. It's been a good week. I'm excited to talk to you. You're right. Again, as I'd mentioned, we're in the midst of free agency. A lot going on. Some Some moves that are more important than others, but some that are surprisingly late, in my opinion. So, Mike, look, let's dive right in. I want to talk about Kenny Galladay finally gets inked up, leaving the Detroit Lions, ending up with the New York Jets. Signs a four-year, $72 million deal. Mike, like this for Kenny Galladay. It's a down salary cap year. COVID's got everything shaky. So I like that he gets signed. I like that he's got four years. He's still in his prime at the end of this contract, probably gets another deal elsewhere. I don't like this for New York. I don't want to spoil the beans. So go ahead and tell me your opinion on this signing. What do you think about it? I think they, they're really trying to see what they got at the quarterback position. Uh, for Daniel well, Jones, just you know, yep. you've got to give him and see what he got. Um, he's had underwhelming receivers, let's face it, at this point. So you bring in someone like Galloway, a big, strong, tall guy that you can throw a 50-50 ball to. You bring in John Ross, the, the speedster out of Washington. And at the end of the day, Tight ends, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. It is time for Daniel Jones to either get it done or the Giants got to move on, man. What, what are your thoughts on this sign? Is that what, what it says to you? Well, here, here's the thing, Mike. Wide, wide receiver, in my opinion, is one of those positions, especially when you look at the free agency class just this year. I think there was like 72 or 73 odd some wide receivers available. Not to mention this wide receiving draft is stacked full of first round, second round, third round talent. So, so here's the deal. Here's why I think it's a reach, Mike. They're, they're not there yet. They're, yes, they play in a very, very weak division. We're going to break that down in a second. But I do have questions about 2,900 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions in Daniel Jones. I have questions about that, Mike. Now, Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy, that's a huge, huge strength of the offense. You add in a bullet wide receiver like that to compliment. They have some other good players. They've got Sterling Shepard and some other guys that can play. The question is right. That you're, you're spot on. It's Daniel Jones. Is that the quarterback? My opinion, it is absolutely not. And so I think that you have to have that quarterback on the roster, at least know what he's capable of before you sign a, a, a wide receiver to that kind of top flight money. I think they're going to go for a quarterback in this next year's draft. Not this draft here, but a year from now, which means I feel like this signing is premature. I think you go get somebody for half the money, and I think you, uh, I think you got to play for next year for Daniel Jones. I think you got to be ready to let him go. I, I don't know that you can do that this year and pick a dra- uh, pick a quarterback in the first round. I don't know that you can do that right now because Daniel Jones is so fresh off the draft board. So I think it's they're they're just in a weird year. I don't like the timing of it, Mike. Yeah, and you know I'm I'm kind of surprised too. I want to run this by you for Galloway himself. <laughs> it came down to two teams really bidding at him: the Cincinnati Bengals. In the Giants, which team would you have rather gone to if you're him? I, I, you know, and why? Oh, you go, you you go to the Giants because of the history and and the stability of the franchise. You go to the Giants because I, I actually like Joe Judge. I like how the defense played for him last year. You don't go to the Bengals because they have a 
long history of losing. Save the Marvin Harrison years. He actually got him into the playoffs quite a bit, but they've got a long history of losing. They don't play, pay, I'm sorry, they don't pay into their facilities. They're not a model franchise. The ownership is garbage. I think you want to go to the Giants because you're hoping that they can get it right through the course of your, of your contract. It, it, Joe Burrow is a selling point, but Joe Burrow got hurt. Yeah, I don't know what he does. I don't know what he does next year. Joe Burrow is a selling point, definitely over Daniel Jones. But yeah, I think I think I'd go Giants as well. I, I like it for Kenny Galladay. Just not sure I like it for the Giants. I don't know that they're ready for that. Hey, you go Speaking, to New, you go to New York. You're going to sell a few jerseys. You're going to have some uh, endorsements too. So never oh, sell yeah. that out, man. Since he's a very small market, and what you brought up there is a great point about facilities because the Bengals don't invest in. I mean, they have less worse facilities than. You know, college teams. So, yeah, you, you're probably right on that. But the temptation to play with Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd would be that would certainly be a strong one. Mike, there are high schools in Texas that got nicer stadiums and nicer uh, nicer facilities than the Cincinnati Bengals. Man, that, that that that's no joke, man. Again, I'm a, I'm a huge Browns fan. I play the Bengals twice a year, half for for my entire life. I pay attention to the Bengals. They're they're not what you would call a class act franchise. So, I think he made the right decision opting for the Giants. Mike, let's stay with wide receivers. I want to talk about T.Y. Hilton. Signs a $10 million, one-year deal. He goes back home with the Colts. Here's my question for you. If you're the Colts GM, I'm asking why. I'm asking, I'm asking why do you sign this deal what, what, with T.Y. Hilton? He, he, was, he was, for all intents and purposes, non-existent this last year, Mike. Talk to me about why they made this decision. There's a lot of other options out there, and they got the draft ahead of them. Why, why, why did they do this? Well, I think they got the cap room, and they have Paris Campbell from Ohio State, you know, ready to take this role, but they don't know for sure what they have with him because he's been injured on and off. When you got a big, strong wide receiver like Pittman having that opposite burner in T.Y. Hilton, I guess they had the money and had to spend it. I don't like the contract. I, I don't want him on my team anymore. I want guys that play. The availability is part of being a good attribute, being on the field, and he's not, you know? No, Mike, he's not. And, and literally, as, as we sit here talking, I'm trying to find T.Y. Hilton stats. Now, I'm going through lists, and there he is, finally. There he is, finally. Mike, he had 762 yards, and he had three, inter- uh, he had three touchdowns. I'm sorry. He had it, five it, t- he had, I'm sorry. He had five touchdowns. All right. He had 760 yards, five touchdowns, and he's not a number one wide receiver. And, and again, I think, I, I don't know, man. Talk to me. It looks like he was getting less attempts this last year. I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know what it looked, but I, I don't know if it's right for the locker room. And again, you've got the draft ahead of you. You had a, a plethora of good wide receiver talent out there that you could have chose from. I, I just don't know. I, maybe, maybe they slept on the on, on on the list of free agents. Maybe people started coming off the board. They didn't see necessarily an upgrade there, which I don't know. It's hard to believe, but maybe maybe they just ran out of resources. I don't know. Yeah, and maybe he's a leader in the locker room. I don't know him that well. I mean, I, I watched him with Andrew Luck. He's a burner. Maybe that fits Carson Wentz, but that's kind of Phil Rivers' thing too. He'll, he'll just throw the ball downfield. He's a gunslinger too, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's an interesting concept. I got to imagine they got cap room. They got to spend it. Maybe they bring them back for one more final run. Maybe when you make a trade like that for Carson Wentz, you want to make yourself look good. So you bring as many wide receivers as you can as well, too. You know, you don't want the fan base to turn on you 
giving a second round pick for uh, Wentz. No, that's right. And look, I'm going to tell you right now, I guess I go in hard a little bit on T.Y. Hilton because in the I had a couple fantasy leagues this last year where I had T.Y. and I, I had selected him, <laughs> you know, relatively re- relatively high in terms of the, uh, of the pool of wide receivers for where I was choosing. And man, he was a mondo letdown compared to the previous years that I that I've had him. So, yeah, he hurt he hurt my feelings, man. Look, let's 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 transition, Mike. I want to talk about a team in specific. So, <coughs> in Dominican Sue, news broke this morning, signs a a one year deal to come back with the Bucks at ten million dollars. Mike, I don't know how they're doing it. They they they're they're not losing anybody, and even though it seems as if these players are taking major pay cuts to, you know, to play with them. You know, again, I think that if you look at it, like at a guy like Shaq Barrett, $72 million, I think he took a pay cut. If he would have went with the Cincinnati Bengals, he might've got the 20 million a year, 21 million a year, 22 million, something like that. You know, Levante David taking a two-year deal and Dominican Sue, a one-year deal, 10 million, I think 9 million, 10 million with perks. Tom Brady stretches out his contract. They tagged Chris Godwin, got Rob Gronkowski back for 10 million. They got Donovan Smith back on the off. Uh, I'm sorry, as a defensive tackle. I mean, Mike, they got every single member of the band back. I don't know how they're doing it with the cap. The numbers don't make sense to me, but they are doing it. They won free agency without question. Talk to me about this. How big is it getting Indomitian and Sue back there as the anchor of that defensive line? I mean, his tenacity at the line of scrimmage sets the tone. Uh, I, I watch this guy in Miami. I watched him a lot in Detroit when I lived in Toledo. He's a game wrecker, and uh, his, his his aggressive nature feeds into those linebackers. You know, you got to sometimes get two blockers just to slow him down on a good day. In uh, his mental strong, I mean, he he's just a tough guy. So I think that's good. But yeah, you're right. You know, there was words before free agency started that Tampa Bay was trying to pull like a Miami Heat. You remember when the Heat had LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, and they, they kept bringing all these guys? Like, how does that make sense? But this was a bigger plan carried out by Tom Brady, I got a feeling. I got a feeling Brady's been on the recruitment trail since the day after the Super Bowl. I, yeah, you, you, you got you to think that, man. That's that's the beauty. And by the way, my, minor correction, when I said Donovan Smith, I said defensive tackle, I meant offensive tackle. Sorry, a little slip up there. But either way, extended a bunch of their players, got everybody back. But Mike, I, I think... It, it can't be overstated what Tom Brady does for an organization. Look, he's getting players to come back at a discount. Now, keep in mind, they play in Florida, so they got no state tax there. So that's that's big time. But here, but, yeah. but here's the deal, Mike. All of these guys took discounts, discounts to come back and play one more time with a goat. That locker room, I'm going to tell you right now, it would be fun to set foot in that locker room and see what the environment's like. See see how these guys are in terms of their camaraderie. I bet it's not only work, but it's a good time while you're working. Very, very cool to see this happen. I think, in my opinion, they are absolutely the favorites to repeat this next year. I know everybody is looking for uh, for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to come back with a vengeance, but I don't know, Mike. They got offensive line problems. We'll get that to another day. Nonetheless, any thoughts about the Buccaneers? Do you feel that uh, that there's any way, shape, or form that they could have done better this this free agency? Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, Antonio Brown. I mean, there's not a lot of suitors out there. I know Russell Wilson's trying to make a pitch for Seattle, but we've seen Seattle's done pretty much anything but listen to Russell Wilson at this point. He comes back. You get OJ Howard back, a first round tight end drafted. This team's going to be better next year. A whole a full off season. It, it, it's kind of taking some of the fun of free agency away because you might get a Shaq Barrett in the off season if you're like the Raiders or something. You're real excited about them. They all went back home. You know, they, they're all back. The boys are back in town. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Mike. 
That's right. And look, you you said something about Antonio Brown. What do you do if you're him? Do you go back with the Bucks at a discount to be the fifth or the sixth fiddle? Or do you go to another team and try to return to former glory? So, you know, a lot of players don't realize their their best day in the sun is behind them. I wonder if Antonio yeah. Brown doesn't want to try to dance somewhere else. I, I think it would be a mistake. But again, I don't see Antonio Brown, if he goes back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't see how it's possible he registers more than six 600 yards. Two or three touchdowns. And if I'm Antonio Brown, I've got two different situations that, that are available right now. The Baltimore Ravens today are looking for wide receivers. The Kansas City Chiefs today are looking for wide receivers. And then even going to play the Russell Wilson would be tempting. But if I go to the Chiefs or if I go to the Ravens, I got a big part of this offense. With the Bucks, like you said, you're probably a 500, 600 yards, maybe three or four touchdown guy. You could be special in those other areas. Mike, <clears throat> Mike I'll name me 15 teams right now that could use Antonio Brown's services if he's got his head screwed on straight. I, I'd send him down to Miami. Ah, no, oh, no, see, no. Now that's, and then, <laughs> see, that's just it. That's just it. You don't trust You don't trust his attitude. You don't trust his effect on a locker room. What, what, and I get it. You need a strong quarterback, but more importantly, a strong coach to keep him in line. And Tom Brady was able to do that both in New England and in Tampa Bay. I think Andy Reid and Mahomes could pull him aside. I think Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Um, and then you talk about Baltimore, Harbaugh and, and, and Jackson and some of those vets they got on defense. You need a strong, solidified culture. What you don't need is like a Tua who's still developing his leadership, who a lot of people are already questioning, including yourself. To bring in someone like that, and then he has a bad day and starts throwing him under the bus. He needs to go to uh, a winning situation, in my opinion. It's interesting, man. There are wide receiver needy teams right now. He could for a couple different teams. Again, I, I would argue at least seven or eight, but I, I know there are at least 15 teams that could put him right now as their number two. Seven or eight of them would be as he, he could come in there as a the number one. Who is the number one right now in Baltimore? You made that point. Either way, it. it yeah. Hollywood Brown, his cousin. Right. And that's what I mean. You right. put him with Antonio Brown, his cousins. I mean, that that could be a good could fit. Could be awesome. Could be uh could, could definitely sell some tickets. I know I'd watch. Let's see let's see somebody go somewhere different besides uh, Tampa Bay as we yeah. call it, you know? Yeah, no doubt, Jeez. man. No doubt. It's getting like that. It's getting like that, man. Hey, look, I might come out of retirement and play for Tom. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I we'll see if I get a call. <laughs> yeah, see if I get a call. Two. Mike, I want to move into the free agents that have not yet been signed. And and some of these are puzzling to me. Others I understand, but I want to get your opinion. Here's where I want to start. I want to start with Marv I'm sorry, Melvin Ingram. And in, in my in my opinion, I think he's one of the riskier players in the market. And and you know, this is why he's turning thirty two. He got injured last year. I think he only played seven games. He didn't have any sacks. So here here's here's the thing. I think he still has enough left in the tank to be serviceable. I think if you go back to like 2015, 2016, he's had seven or eight sacks plus every single year, you know, with the exception of last year getting hurt. So if you're a team right now that needs pass rush help, do you sign Melvin Ingram? And what's the price? What do you pay him? Yeah, I absolutely pay this guy. And you're talking about spending $10 million on T.Y. Hilton. I'm surprised the Colts or someone like that doesn't go after him. I mean, this is a league where veteran pass rushers get it done. Uh, I think about someone like Justin Houston. Um, I think he's still out there, too. You know, that gives you eight to ten sacks. Um, these guys know the technique. They know the game. They can play a situational football. And he could be a good influence on young pass rushers that you draft, too. So 
for this guy not to be signed, um, I don't know what that says about his injury, but every single year you got old guys that come in and can contribute like that. I mean, I think about Cameron Wake when you know his his better days were done. He was still getting double digit yeah. sacks. Yeah, no, for that's us. right. Here, here's the question, Mike. You know, look, the guys like Adrian Peterson who can tear their ACL and be recovered and like less than 12 months come back and almost set the rushing record. Like those dudes are absolute freaks. There's a reason Adrian Peterson is still playing in the league. I, I wonder, and I've seen it so much throughout the, th- throughout the course of the league, throughout my time watching, when players get hurt, Mike, it tends to start a trend. When you're north of that 30 age, th- uh, thir- th- 30 age mark, it starts, a, it, it starts a trend. I wonder what it looks like for this guy next year. Can he play 16 games? Hell, can he, can he play 12? Because then he's worth signing if you can get good production out of him. I, I just don't know for how much. And, uh, and again, I don't know if you're just carrying a guy that's perhaps a little bit slower, older, and a little bit less equipped to play for you for 16 games. That's my opinion. It's, it's a risk for me. It, it's, a good, it's a good point. But again, T.Y. Hilton, you pay $10 million, and there's a good chance he only plays half the game. So who's really going to impact the game more? Uh, a, a speedster that is not really speedy or a potential game-changing pass rusher to put across, you know, with your athletic linebackers in, say, an Indy or a, a Cleveland put him across for Miles Garrett. I, I don't know. This guy should be signed by now. I think yeah. he'll be signed by yeah. the end of the week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We'll look forward to it. All right, Mike, I want to move on. I want to talk about K.J. Wright. I think that this could potentially be a steal for somebody. I don't think he's going to demand a lot of money, but I'm interested in K.J. Wright. Had 65 tackles last year, had an interception, a forced fumble, a couple sacks. He's going to be 32. I don't see him getting signed to a long-term deal, but I see a one- or a two-year contract for this guy. I see him maybe at five or six million a year. And I think he could be amazingly productive. Again, 65 solo tackles last year. And, you know, the, 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 the linebacker position at this day and age, Mike, it's not extremely valued. Let's just say it's not overvalued. Yeah. So I think somebody can steal a really, really good player here. And uh, I, I like KJ right for somebody. I don't know who, but I like him for somebody. What do you think about KJ? Where's he end up? What do you sign him at? What would you do? Well, everything you hear about KJ Wright, A, he's done a career his right way. He's definitely 32. He had a couple years injury. Last year, it was kind of a prove-it year, and he did a phenomenal job. If I'm a team like the New York Jets and I still have a lot of cap room, I want this guy in my locker room as a captain because that has been the most dysfunctional leadership with the Adam Gase era. I need someone like that. And with the head coach coming from the San Francisco 49ers, you better believe he knows dang right who KJ Wright is. I'm bringing him in, or if I have a good uh, young athletic linebacker group, I bring this guy in just to kind of mold him and uh, really contribute. You know, I could see him even going to a place like Dallas and uh, taking that Sean Lee rollover. I like that. I like that. I could see that. And again, I think bang for your buck, you're getting a great player. He's going to fly around the defense. He's going to play well for you. I I like the idea of KJ Wright on somebody else's team. I get. I, I don't necessarily, you know, Mike. I, I wouldn't mind to be on the Browns team. I think that we can pick up a really good middle linebacker in the second round. We do need depth at that position. Um, neither here nor there. Let's move on, Mike. I want to talk about Malcolm Butler, formerly of the Tennessee Titans. We all know him for being a a stud. For that interception, for uh, you know, and then with in New England Patriots game, it's an incredible play. Mike, he was released. I think it's probably just more than anything due to cap reasons. He he had actually a really good year this last year. Eighty nine tackles as a uh, as, as as a corner, pretty decent in pass coverage. Four interceptions. 
He's still only 31 years old. Mike, I'm going to tell you this. I would like to see the Browns go after this guy. I, I like Malcolm Butler, especially playing against Denzel Ward or uh, across from Denzel Ward, potentially as the number two. We picked up John Johnson, three-year contract, $33 million from the Rams, but I I like Malcolm Butler. I, I can see this being a fine for, for a team, and I can see somebody taking him again at, at a steal. What do you think about Malcolm Butler? Would you want him on your team? Again, he's 31 years old, so I'm not looking at a long-term deal. I could see a three-year a three-year contract for this guy if he's willing to uh, to come down to earth a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, I like Malcolm Butler. Um, that play he made in the Super Bowl still gives me nightmares because that gave Tom Brady another ring, the Patriots another ring. But when I talk about Malcolm Butler, a good fit, in my opinion, would be to bring him in Green Bay. The man has played in cold weather. He he he's played at the highest level. He's very intelligent, and you talk about his physical presence. Uh, Green Bay sometimes runs three corners. In fact, a lot of times they do a three 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 with a two safety top. You bring a tackler like Malcolm but- Butler in, and uh, he can really help set the tone. And you might not need him every single play either, but. I think Green Bay would be a place to go, and I think that might actually do something for their fan base that's got to be living on how this offseason's going so far. <laughs> yep, yep. Well said, man. Well said. Mike, another another head-scratcher here for me. And, and again, not necessarily head-scratcher. A lot of these players are a little bit older, but I want to talk about Carlos Dunlap. And here's the thing, Mike. I think in terms of most importance for an NFL team, I put quarterback at number one. That's, that's, that's on question for me. Number two, Left tackle. That's two way. Two B would be an, an edge rusher, and we see these guys get paid, and and we know how valued they are. When a good one gets on your team, it's hell to pay for opposing offenses, and that takes you into the playoffs a lot of times. Mike, uh, Carlos Dunlap quietly since 2010 has 87 and a half sacks. He's he, honestly goodness. He's he's an incredible player. Would would literally fly off of a draft board if he was getting if if he was coming out of college right now. Got traded to Seattle this last year, formerly the Cincinnati Bengals. Played for Seattle over eight games, had five sacks, eighteen pressures. I definitely had that had that defense ticking upwards. We know they came out flat for the first eight games of the year. Now again, he's thirty two years old, but I think in the right situation, there's a lot of upside. So where does he go? And what kind of contract you offer in this guy? Well, one thing I'll tell you about Carlos Dunlap, he he improved that Seattle defense when him and Adams got there from the Jets. Um, it was night and day. Beginning of the season, the Seahawks defense was absolute garbage. Russell Wilson was thrown for 400, 450 yards every single week just to squeak by a field goal to win a game. Uh, Dunlap's a player, man, and he wants to win. He doesn't want to win games. He wants to win chips. He wants to be in meaningful playoff games because he spent a lot of his career down in Cincy. Uh, I'm looking at some teams that have the cap room who could possibly bring this guy in. I'm looking at the Chiefs, looking at the Ravens, looking at the Colts. Those three teams, you had a pass rusher like him, a contributor, and yeah, he can make a difference, man. Uh, somebody got to sign this guy up. I am shocked, like you said in your, your little segment there, is like pass rusher is a position you can't pass on. This is a passing league. There's more elite quarterbacks and better quarterbacks coming this draft. I want as many guys as I can put on the field that can get to your quarterback. This guy needs signed. Yeah, Mike, let me ask you this. Another three good years, eight-plus sacks per season, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Whoa. whoa. Mike, since Mike, Mike, since 2010, he's got 87 and a half sacks since 2010 playing for the Bengals. 
you get this man to 110, 115 sacks by age 35, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't know. It's just different. When you talk about NFL Hall of Famer compared to NBA Hall of Famer, it is hard to get in. I don't know if this guy is that special at this point. I didn't say first ballot. I I get that. No, I get that. I didn't see first ballot, but dude has balled out since he got in the league. Carlos Dunlap would be a steal for a team. Um, Mike, let's transition. Not going to argue the steal, but the Hall of Fame, man, I mean, you were stretching from Utah to Ohio, and I appreciate the love you're giving this guy. I don't know if Agent (laughs) threw you a hundo or what, but I've I've heard many things on this podcast, but Carlos Dunlap, a Hall of Famer. All right. Now I've now I have to throw now I have to take the gloves off here. This is a guy who backed Megatron here getting into the Hall of Fame after playing four seasons healthy. <laughs> All right. This is a guy who wants Patrick Will Patrick Willison as a first battle Hall of Famer got retired when he was twenty six. Special. Now he's twenty eight. Twenty eight. Point point is point is again, you get my point. Look, argue it or not, maybe not a first battle Hall of Famer, but again, if he retired tomorrow, no. But he puts up another three or four years at a high level. Longevity, 100-plus sacks, yeah, he's got an argument. He's got an <laughs> argument 10 or 15 years from now. Either way, look, let's transition. I want to talk about Antonio Brown. We've already talked about him, Mike. So here, here, here's the deal. He'll be, he'll be 33 this year. I don't. I, it's hard to say he was unproductive last year, Mike. You, you've got so Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Gronkowski, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of weapons for for Tom Brady. You get a guy like Antonio Brown who comes in, catches 45 balls, targeted 62 times, 483 yards, and four touchdowns. He also got two postseason touchdowns, Mike, another yeah, 80-some-odd yards. Look, I don't know that he's a number one anymore on a roster like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. But he can be a number one somewhere else. We've talked about this before. I, I love your idea of going down to the Ravens. I have some other teams in mind again. Anything else that you want to you want to bring up again? I didn't want to just gloss over Antonio Brown again. I think it I think it needs to be said if if the if the man can show up and not be a distraction in the locker room, he is definitely worth giving a look. And I think he can come in relatively cheap. I don't think you're paying him much more than twelve million a year, and I think that's super generous. But I'm I, I would go as far as to say seven or eight. But I look down the road and I see T. Y. Hilton inking a ten million dollar one year contract, and I'm thinking, all right, you got to pay Antonio Brown at least a little bit more than that, right? I don't know if you got the money to do that, but I, I agree with you. And uh, when uh, Evans and Godwin went down last year with some injuries, he he held his own, and uh, the guy's a workout freak. I mean, there's one thing he loves to do, and that's play football. So. I, I, I got to take a chance on him. I can even think about like a Buffalo team, bring Josh Allen another weapon or somewhere. Somebody, I get this guy in the field. And at the end of the day, make it a contract friendly for the team and cut loose if you got to, but just give this guy a chance. Gotta give you got him a chance. To. You, you, you got, got to. You, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. You got to, right? And I think I think he will. I, I wonder how many teams are waiting for the NFL draft because you said it, man. This, this draft right now of quarterbacks and wide receivers coming out this is going to be a special special year that we look back and say you remember the 2021 draft and they had blah 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 you know it's going to be like that in my opinion yep yep 
100% Mike, check this out. This is your favorite part of the show. We're going to talk about your boy, Jadavion Clowney. You want him on a $100 million contract right now. I know that's true. <laughs> yeah, I know Mike. that. In fact, you want him on a $100 million contract for 31 teams in the NFL, save the Miami Dolphins. You don't want no part of this. Look, he, he he's, he's, he's a free agent yet again. Last year, Tennessee Titans picked him up. My Browns bid on him, and if I'm not mistaken, they outbid the Tennessee Titans, and thank God he landed with Tennessee. He only made it into eight games, Mike. He posted zero sacks. Now, here's the kicker. Over 83 games, he's got 32 sacks. Yeah. So, so look, number one overall pick, 2014. He's not getting any younger. He has got to be on a prove-it deal. In my mind, any team that brings him in north of $8 million is high in the night. Mike, he's only had six sacks or six or more sacks twice since he's been in the league. You cannot overpay this guy because he was the number one overall pick. Speak to me, man. Where does he end up? What do you pay him? Well, I'll just say, like, you, you said right, man. You can't pay this guy more than maybe six or seven million a year because you don't want to bring this guy in at 10 or 12 million to your locker room and having dudes looking at him sent out every other week saying, why is he getting paid to do nothing? It doesn't instill a good culture for your locker room when you bring in a player like that. That 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 magnitude, those expectations, and he does nothing. Um, I, I've seen it with him too many times. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody takes a fly on him because he, he he always will have the talent. Maybe the Carolina Panthers do. Maybe a team like that, or I don't know. I don't know who has. Like, you can never have enough good pass rushers. But you said he doesn't get to the quarterback. He plays the run phenomenal, but again. I got to have you on a field. If I'm going to pay you, I got to have you on a field. And if you can't be there every single Sunday for me and my boys to count on, I don't know if I want you, man. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's 100%. And then, you know, I've been the biggest clowny supporter, man. I remember the first or second podcast we did, you went in on me bad. <laughs> Jake, when he was on the show, he was going on me bad, man. Like, you guys, uh, you guys convinced me. And his uh, lack of actually being on the field did too. So, uh, kudos to you. Get this round. And look, and, and that's a thing too, Mike. It's not even just lack of being on the field. It's when he's on the field. What does I mean? I, I get being a run presence, but he is supposed to be a sack specialist. Zero sacks over eight games. I don't like it. I don't want it. And and just so you know, he is actually being hosted by the Browns as we speak. Um, is he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but not, not, not hear me out. Look, you want to sign Jadavion the six million dollars over one year as a prove it deal, dude. Ink this cat up. Yeah, ink him up. 100%. Get him in the rotation. I'm all day with that. Um, but Tack McKinney, Tack, 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 signing Tack McKinney like we just did from the Falcons, I mean, that, that's that's the same idea. For me, For me, it's, it's, it's apples to apples, man. All right, let's transition. Here's a player that I don't understand how is not signed. And again, I think teams tend to look at age right now, Mike, as a little bit of a deterrent. Of course they should. The NFL is obviously not a league that you stay in for a long time. With the draft coming up, I think a lot of players have hopes of landing edge rushers, but Justin Houston is on my mind. He's 32 years old. He spent the last two seasons in Indianapolis. And Mike, over those last two seasons, he put up 19 sacks. Dating back to 2012, he's never had a season with less than seven and a half. Now, again, he's he's not going to be that player that, that goes out and puts up 22, you know, I think, what did he have, like in 2014, 15? Somewhere in that area, like 22 sacks in a season, right? Absolute monster. Yeah. Now, he's not that Absolutely. He, he, he's not that guy anymore. 
but I think he's extremely serviceable. So where where do you put Justin Houston? I mean, I think about a team like the Green Bay Packers. I'm thinking Green Bay, you know, make, make a call to this dude. You know what I mean? They need help on the pass rush. This is somebody I feel like would fit perfectly within their organization. A lot of other teams I know that, you know, they can, they can use this up. I, I could even see him going back to the, uh, to, uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs if they had the salary room for him. But what do you pay him, Mike, and what kind of deal do you give this guy? Yeah, I'd be willing to give him a, a you know, two, three-year contract, uh, seven, eight million a year. And I would love to, you know, that my suggestion was going to be, let's send him back to Arrowhead, Arrowhead man. He, he is a chief in and out. Uh, the, the, the fans love him. I think they got the cap since they cut those two tackles. Uh, I like Justin Houston a lot, man. And uh, not only does he get sacks, but he gets some good force fumbles as well. And he would be a phenomenal mentor for your your pass rushers. I know they've done some specials on him. I know ESPN, I watched him before with his hands, how fast he is and how quick he is and showing that that part. Um, yeah, I want this guy in my locker room and uh, get this guy signed. And I, I guarantee he is signed before the NFL draft. If he's not, it's crazy, but there's no way that he's not getting signed. He's going to end up somewhere. It'll be interesting to see what kind of deal he can eke out. Mike, got a couple more players I want to talk about before we wrap this up, and we'll, we'll move on to some different topics. But I want to talk about Mitchell Swartz. Mitchell Swartz, formerly of the, uh, well, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, but then went and uh, won a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was let go in free agency just last year, along with Eric Fisher. The team then goes behind, uh, well, not behind, but goes back out in the free agency and signs Joe Tooney to a to an eighty million dollar contract. He's a guard. Schwartz is turning thirty two. Kansas City didn't see fit to sign him to a long term deal. Still a very very serviceable player at right tackle. Um, Mike, what do you think for Mitchell Schwartz? There's a lot of tackle needy teams now. This guy's not going to play left. He's going to play right. So. Yeah, where's where's he going? Can you see him at age thirty two turning in anything more than you know a two year deal? Is he going to get on a prove it deal again? It's not as if he played bad. He played well. He's played well for Kansas City. You know he he's what you your definition of a bookend right tackle. So what's going on with Mitchell Swartz? Well, okay, there's a few attributes I I talked about. Number one, you know being available. Number two, if I got a wide receiver, I want to be able to catch the ball. Number three, if I got an offensive lineman. I don't want a bad back. Um, he's getting surgery on his back. I, I think he had it last month, and it was successful. But a 32-year-old right tackle who you run the ball to a lot to your right side with a back lingering issues and, and, and words of uh, you know whispers and, and, and things of retirement out there, I don't think this guy's going to play again. I, I think he's done. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I, now, that makes sense. I I don't know if I agree with that. But yeah, back, look, well, here's what I will say. I will definitely agree with the back is no joke. Um, if the back don't work, nothing works. So yeah. if that's the case and he can't recover, then you're, you're spot on. I think we'll see Mitchell Swartz in a uniform this year. That considered, I don't know that it, you know it's a very, very hefty deal. I think a team's probably going to get a bargain with him, probably going to get him around the 8 to $10 million range. One year, two year deal tops. That's my thought. He, he missed a lot of games last year in uh I don't know, man. When I got a tackle that has to do those type of motions, get out of your stance and your back's messed up and you're going against the best pass rushers and the bad D tackles, it's it just hard. I don't know if he comes back or not, but either way, he's had a heck of a career. Great guy. 
Um, he'll probably get some type of contract doing some type of uh, media or, you know, announcing in yeah. games if he doesn't. So uh, I like short. So it's nothing personal. Dude, we'll Don't take it personal. We'll hire him if he wants to work for free. <laughs> Come <laughs> we'll on, bud. We'll, we can use All right, Mike. Last guy I want to talk about. I want to talk about the one and only the Richard Sherman. About to turn 33 years old. Richard Sherman, obviously part of the Legion of Boom for the Seattle Seahawks. Most recently, um, really, really good corner for the San Francisco 49ers. Mike, if he's back to 100%, it's not foolish to think that a team could go in on Richard Sherman for at least a two or a three-year deal. What are your thoughts about Richard Sherman? So what I'm reading here is that in the 15 games that he played, he allowed just 27 catches on 51 targets. Here's the deal. Three interceptions. Here, here's the deal. It's not the, the 27 catches that's impressive. It's the fact that quarterbacks only targeted him 51 times. That, that's what's impressive to me, Mike. Um, I, I think he's definitely good enough to be a number one corner on most teams. He's definitely, definitely viable in number two. And here's what I'd love to see. I, I see Richard Sermon... If a team really, really starts to think about it, I can see a little transition to safety like a Charles Woodson-esque type situation. Um, but Richard Sherman ain't done. He's going to end up somewhere. Where does he go? What do you what do you do for this man if you're going to bring him in? Yeah, I don't know if he's the number one corner still. Uh, his speed has definitely slowed down a lot. We saw him exposed in the Super Bowl. Um, but what I will tell you is he's still a gamer. He's highly intelligent. And I would not be surprised. We talked about K.J. Wright. I'm bringing in K.J. Wright and Richard Sermon if I'm Robert Saleh, the new Jets coach, and really trying to establish that culture and get players that love football. I mean, Richard Sherman, he, he breathes football. You know, he lives football. Every single thing about him. Uh, you don't get to go to Stanford unless you're highly intelligent, and this guy's a gamer. Um, uh, he, he's got to have a future in this league. He still wants to play. My question about that fit is, does Sherman want to win a Super Bowl? Or does he just want to play football? Because he might be waiting for the perfect situation, like a Green Bay, a Tampa Bay, a Baltimore Ravens, like an injury, and then he signs to where he wants to be. But, uh, yeah, this guy's got to have a future, man. He, he, You said it, too, like the transition from corner to safety, you might could see him in some different packages. The guy could be on the field um, uh, quite a bit, in my opinion. He's not done. All, all, all great points, Mike. You mentioned his speed. That that that's spot on. I think that would be probably the the biggest thing. And look, Richard Sherman's never been you know a crazy burner. He's been extremely smart, a real savvy player, a lockdown corner back in his day, man. I, at least that right side of the field, he had it covered. Um, he'll play somewhere again. I, I don't know that his pride would allow him to switch to safety. If he did, he'd easily be a top five, uh, at least for two or three more years. Because you don't have to be the fastest guy on the field. You just need to be ready to tackle and uh, go out and hawk that ball. He could do that. All right, Mike. Well, you know what else, Kev? Uh-oh. Ding, Uh-oh. ding, ding. I know the tone of that voice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have America's favorite sports pop quiz game. All For right. boy Kevin Robinson. Not oh. prepared. Certainly scared. Here we go. <laughs> Let's do Five it. Five questions. Let's you ready? Do it. Yes, sir. All right, man. Two quarterbacks have a lot to prove next year after this offseason shenanigans. Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott, which one has more to prove in your opinion? You you're you're not seriously asking. You got me one that's getting top four or five <laughs> paid in the league. You got one that uh pretty much had an ugly divorce in Philly. So so are you the, the question is 
who has more to improve, improve or yeah, who like, has more you, to prove. You cause a lot of headaches. You've, you've been asking okay. for this. you okay. got what you wanted. Okay, okay, okay. Which okay. one has more to prove? No, no, no. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yeah, stakes have never been higher for Dak Prescott. Yeah, the pressure, and it should be this way. He is a you know top-paid quarterback in our league, and you're talking about a lot of money here, Mike. A lot of money. Not to mention, in his rookie contract, he made over $50 million off the field. That's what happens when you're the Cowboys quarterback. So he's got the brightest of the spotlight shining on him. So there is without a doubt a mondo difference as to who has more to prove. If you were asking me who has more to improve upon, I would say Carson Wentz without question. It's laughable. But who has more to prove at the moment? No question, man. Dak Prescott, look, it's not about just winning the division. It's not about just getting to a playoff game. It's about winning a Super Bowl. You got to make it happen. Um, They got a lot of good players there. It's Dak Prescott's to uh, to fumble at this point. And look, I don't envy the pressure on the man's shoulders, but for me, it's it's without question Dak. I mean, what, yeah, I mean, what does a, Carson you, Wentz have to prove in Indianapolis, <laughs> Mike? I mean, they, they, he got traded for a second and third round pick. They're not tied to big money on him. Literally can cut him at the end of the year and get back into the draft for a quarterback. It's like they're, there's, they're, they're in, in, in Indianapolis, they're literally thinking, yeah, I mean, if it works, Awesome. High five. If it doesn't, I mean, we dumped this dude on yep. the side of the road where we you, found You're him. absolutely no right, man. Um, and Dak put us through two and a half years of this turmoil. He went to the table. He took all the poker chips and took them to him. Now it's time for you to deliver, bud, because there's no bigger spotlight than being a Dallas Cowboy quarterback. I can promise you that in any sport. That's it. That's, Next that's question. it. Next question. Yep. Let's go. Which player will have a better 2021-2022 NFL football season? Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers? Holy crap. Dude, Aaron Rod. I mean, better? Like, statistically better? Yep. Well, first, I think the Packers will win the division. I also think the Bills will win their division. So th- this is a great question. But yeah, I'm going to have to go with Aaron Rodgers. Look, 48 touchdowns this last year, Mike. I think he had seven interceptions. Josh Allen just ain't on that level. And they're not asking him to be. So I... I- <laughs> I think when you're, you know, the, 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 one of the major focal points of the, uh, of a football team is your defense as it is in, in the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen doesn't have to score as many points. He doesn't have to do as much. Though Green Bay has a better running game and they should rely on it more. They don't. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball a lot. Statistically speaking, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Rodgers. Though I, I do like, here's the theory. This is what's funny, Mike. Josh Allen has improved every single year since he's gotten into league. My antennas yes. tell me he could be due for a letdown season. Could be. We'll see. Okay. You heard it here, Buffalo. Uh, I think I'm going to slightly agree with you on that one. That's a hard question because Josh Allen is probably the closest we have as far as special talent to Patrick Mahomes, and they got him some playmakers there. But don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers probably sees that I'm not going to get a Super Bowl ring this year because of what Tampa Bay has done. I got to at least get another MVP. So I'm going to go with A-Rod. An easier division, too. I mean, you got Miami's defense, New England's defense. They're going to be rock solid. You got to play four games a year next time. So we'll see. Plus, dude, New England's got tight ends starting at the tight end position. They got them at the running back position. They got a tight end starting at defense, too, now. So they're going to be the only team starting tight ends on multiple sides of the field. That, that's going to be a hell of an experiment. Patriots might be up to something, man. They signed every tight end in free agency this last, this last year. They better be. Uh, next question for you. Both of these defenses have elite talent, 
but lots of injuries really held him back last year from reaching her potential. Which defense would you prefer, either fantasy or real life on your team? Would you want the Chargers defense or the San Francisco 49ers defense? Yeah, I got to go. Oh, man, that's interesting, Mike. I, I feel like um, I feel like San Francisco 49ers defense is a little more star studded. But um, bo- both defenses have, have been injury prone, man. So assu- assuming <laughs> assuming that assuming that everybody's healthy, you know, you're, you're choosing between the Bosa brothers here. Am I wrong? You got Nick versus yeah. Joey, um, you know. I, here, here's the deal. I think I'm going to have to go with San Fran. In terms of the personnel, I almost feel it's a wash. I can name players on both defenses that I feel you know are almost equal in terms of their talent, position for position, in my opinion. But the coaching, Mike Shanahan and company, I think they rally those boys better. In fact, you know they got a team to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm. That defense was gnarly and uh, almost took out the Kansas City Chiefs. Very, very close. Led, led, led the majority of the game. Yeah, so I'm going to go I, I like San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, when you've got four or five first-round picks on your defensive line, at D Ford, uh, as long as you can line up on sides, you, you just can really collapse a pocket. I love what the Chargers have. they got ballers at all, all all levels, but Derwin James, he just has not been able to save, stay on the field. And that's the safety I want to see. Kenneth Murray, the explosive linebacker out of Oklahoma. But again, Melvin Ingram's gone. Uh, Joey Bosa, I don't know if we've ever been able to count on him being on the field, so going to go with the 49ers as well. Well, you mentioned two players, Derwin James and Joey Bosa. I'll tell you, Mike, you get both of those dudes healthy for 16 games or healthy-ish even, that's a tough defense, man. Derwin James, that's a guy I'd love to see play 16 games. That 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 that, that dude's tough. When he's on the field, he's a difference maker. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to slightly go towards San Fran. What yeah, Derwin, Derwin James reminds me of like a player you make in Madden. He just doesn't, you know, it just looks ridiculous how big and strong he is and how hard he hits. But uh, yeah, you said it. Okay, next question for you. I got two of the top five to 10 defensive linemen in the NFL considered about what they get paid in their production. Which one do you want line up on your Cleveland Browns today? Do you want Chris Jones? Or do you want Cam Jordan? Oh, dude, I want Chris Jones, man. I, Cam Cam Jordan's awesome, dude. He's he's played phenomenal. In fact, I feel like he's over delivered, man. Because I, I, I wasn't high on him coming out of college. In fact, I didn't I didn't necessarily know how he was going to pan out. But but Chris Jones, man. Ever since he had that blunder at the combine, he caught my eye. If you know what I mean. He, uh, but 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 not none, nonetheless. Let's just say that <laughs> yes, you did. know the man has been large and in charge while on the field and off the field, so to speak. But nonetheless, I I I definitely like Chris Jones. I think I would <laughs> I would love to have him anchor my D tackle position. Could you imagine Chris Jones and Miles Garrett on the same defensive line? Forget yeah, it. It would be a yeah. I I don't want any part of that if I, <laughs> if I'm the offensive uh, lineman running back quarterback whatever you know it, it, it's hard to say uh I, I think i'm gonna disagree with you on this one i'm gonna go with my boy cam jordan uh the guy puts up double digit sacks you know three of the last four years gets to the quarterback uh just plays with some high intensity and uh really is the 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 heart and soul of that defense when it comes to the saints but chris jones you're right though you're not gonna go wrong with that guy man nope chris is a stud but so is cam jordan man i i, I like i like both those dudes i think uh, i was kind of disappointed because can't last go wrong year with you watched the super bowl and chris jones really took over that game uh gave jimmy g nightmares and he didn't have that same impact when his team needed him 
but I guess part of that's Tom Brady gets her that ball so quick. It, it, it's hard to disrupt him, him in rhythm, especially when the uh, NFL lets him do a bunch of pick plays. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. I, I expected a little bit more out of him as well. But, dude, you're right, man. Tom Tom Brady, man, he, he doesn't hold that ball long. No, 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 he don't. Um, all right, last question for you. Uh, we got some new receivers in NFC East, and I'm just picking, wondering, which one do you like to have on your team? Uh, they're certainly not Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. We're not all blessed like you guys are up in Cleveland, but let me, let me see your selection of these two. Curtis Samuel or Terry McLaurin, two of our Ohio State boys, or Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard. Which ones are you rolling with? Oh, dude, Galladay and Shepard, dude. Really? Yeah. I'll, yeah, I have to. Sterling Shepard held, held his own, man. Definitely held his own with a sub-bar passer. Did you look at Kenny Galladay? Again, I hate to refer back to it, but your boy Megatron, first four years in Detroit. You're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer after nine years in the league. Kenny Galladay is step for step with him, Mike, literally trailing him by a hair in in most categories. I mean, he is literally step for step for this guy. Kenny Galladay is a big guy. He is a difference maker. He's the type of number one ride receiver that you take on on your team over literally, you know, my opinion, there's, there's probably three or four receivers in the league right now I would take over him and it would be splitting hairs. So you got to get that, that guy is your number one. And Sterling Shepard, I mean, make no mistake, he was legitimately, for all intents and purposes, the number one wide receiver on the New York Giants last year. He's going to be now your number two. I think you still got Ingram there as tight end. Um, Giants wide receiving corp is decent. They don't have a quarterback, but the receivers are good. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with our boys from Ohio State. I think McLaren's a star in the making. I don't remember him much. At the Buckeyes playing, you know, making big plays. And Curtis Samuel, he just needs to be used properly. And the way he was used in Carolina was not what we need to do, man. You need to have this guy in motion, do some jet sweeps, uh, put him in a slot. This guy could be a he could be a game changer. Just give him the ball, but you also can't have him be your number one. We'll see that probably not even your number well, two. All right, there you go. Now there you have it. I was just going to say you can't even have him be your number two. He's a gadget player, Mike. He's that kind of guy that's going to run around in the backfield. You know, catch sweeps. He's he he's he's a screen guy. He's a bubble screen guy. He's he's he is not your bona fide number two. And I think Sterling Shepard definitely is. That's why I like those guys better. But either way, I, I get why you're going with them. You get Curtis Samuel in the right offense. I mean, the, the dude's 800, 900 yards, seven, eight touchdowns. I mean, that's a good player, man. Definitely a number two if you can get him the ball that much. But that here's the problem because he's such a gadget player. His route tree is limited. I don't think you can put him on the outside and let him go one-on-one with a corner all game without throwing some trickery in there and getting the best use out of him. That's my opinion. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Either way, great uh, great game, man. I uh, I always hate to see him end, Mike. Those are my favorite. That's my favorite part of the show. I look forward all week to hearing that bell ring. We got to get a bell. You know, actually, I discussed with uh, Dallin. Dallin's the guy who chops up our shows just for the listeners. Dallin, uh, I asked him, I said, hey, man, we should get a bell or we should create some kind of sound effect. He immediately said, absolutely not. We would never rob Mike of his joy. <laughs> never, ne- never rob Mike of his joy. Either way. Okay, to close up the show, I have a couple of quarterbacks, Mike, I want to go ahead and talk about with you. Um, and look, we, we've neglected to talk about this up until the point. You know me and I know you, and typically we like to keep off the field stuff off the field. We like to talk about the players, what they're doing on the field for the game that we love. But we've got to talk about the Sean Jackson. 
Now, Deshaun Jackson has been making a major stand that he will not play for the Texans. Even if he's on the team, he will sit the bench. Now, this is a top-paid quarterback here. Franchise quarterback has a bunch of allegations of sexual misconduct now. Uh, 17-plus allegations in the making of people, uh, essentially masseuse therapists, saying that he, he has acted inappropriately. Now, I don't want to get into any details about that. However, Mike, being that these allegations have now come out, if you're a team that was in you know, the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I mean, if, if think about the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you guys were talking about ponying up a lot of first-round draft picks and potentially to attack Lovia and getting getting him on the move. If you're a team out there that was considering this type of trade for Deshaun Watson, are you still in the game with all of this uncertainty? And mind you, for the listeners, I am not placing guilt or blame on Deshaun Watson in any way, shape, or form until due process has run its course. However, the water got a lot muddier this last two weeks, Mike. What are your thoughts? Yeah, dude, I, I, don't, I want nothing to do with this guy right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that didn't happen. I'm not saying he's guilty, but when there's 13, 14, 15 different women coming out with allegations, details in these allegations of, uh, you know, just straight up sexual harassment, inappropriate touching, um, Houston's got a problem. You know, they, 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 we've talked about for a while, they should have sold early and, uh, to everybody else's, like, you know, like the Jets, the Broncos, the 49ers, and the, the Dolphins. They're taking a big sigh right now. And I'll tell you, this is a, this is a situation to keep your eye on. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens these next few weeks. Uh, I, I've always liked Deshaun Watson. I was uh, never aware of these sort of things with him. I always thought he was a stand up guy, great captain for his teams. Uh, people say the most positive things about him. The truth will come out. We'll see what happens. But right now, the Sean Watson trade is on hold. No, no team, no general manager and coach is looking to make a move right now. They, they need to know what happened. And, and Mike, here's the thing. I just want to say again, and this is my opinion. I don't want to speak for you. Deshaun Watson may still be all of those things. Those things. He still might be a great guy. He might not have done these things. This may be one of those things that's you know kind of a snowball effect where. You know, people are making false acquisitions. I, I am not giving an opinion either way. However, I just don't want to place blame until until we know exactly what happens. But to your point, just because of this, you cannot touch him. And his unwillingness to play for Houston means that there's a very real chance that Deshaun Watson does not play in the NFL this next year. Here's the other thing, Mike, and this is what I think you might see happen over this next couple couple weeks. I think Deshaun Watson might suddenly change his tune towards the Texans so that he has a chance to play in the NFL this year. Fact is, the NFL might not let him. We're going to have to see. Sad, sad, sad that you know one of the faces of the franchise gets wrapped up in this kind of scandal, whether it's just or unjust, whether he deserves it or not. Time will tell. Mike, I want yeah, to move on. Hold on one second, too, before we move forward. Okay. Sorry about that. What okay. I'd like to bring to the table, too, is it's going to be very interesting to see how the NFL handles this situation being that, you know, Robert Kraft never got disciplined. He never got in trouble. Same type of accusations, same area, same <laughs> parlor type situation. So NFL's got to really handle this carefully because you're going to have the player union, uh, you know, very upset at them right now. if They don't handle this, you know, and, and, and really wait to the facts set themselves straight. And, and Mike, you make a great point. Here's the thing about Robert Kraft, and I don't want to get too far down on this, but what Robert Kraft did was despicable. 
getting caught in a sex parlor paying for sexual privileges for these women, absolutely despicable. Yes. And in my mind, it should have been forced to sell the team. And I, and I agree. I, I just feel like, where did this go? Now, I'm not saying what Deshaun Watson did was, was, was forgivable if he is indeed guilty, showing himself the women, you know, presenting himself aggressively. I, I have not heard any allegations that he has raped anybody. I haven't heard anything like that. I just heard that there's been, you know, him just kind of getting out of line. Nonetheless, what Robert Kraft did was, uh, that's barbaric, man. It's absolutely r- ridiculous, and it should definitely be um, something that people are still talking about, and he should not be an NFL owner, but it seems as if he's still this esteemed, respected NFL Super Bowl champion winning a, you know, you know, guy, own, o- owner of a team that's one of the most storied franchises a- as of late in NFL, in NFL history. Yeah. Either way, Mike, let's let, let, let's go ahead and transition unless you have anything else to say on that. No, I think you made some excellent points. And uh, again, where did that story go? What happened to it? Well, NFL pretty much monopolizes what they want to be, you know, discussed, not discussed. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it too, you know, I'm guaranteed an old rich white guy versus a young black athlete. This media coverage is going to be completely different. Yeah, God, man, that's uh, that's such a shame. And you're and you're right, man. I mean, you know, why if if you're the NFL, why not take a stand that would impact the world? Could you imagine if Roger Goodell immediately upon understanding that that Robert Kraft was guilty of this thing? If he took the podium and said, "Yeah, we absolutely cannot stand for this. We are now forcing the sale of the New England Patriots to the you know to the next bidder." Robert Kraft is no longer privileged enough to own this team. Like that, Mike, that would have sent shockwaves throughout the entire world. Instead, they sweep it under the carpet, and here we are, same old, same old. It's it's just absolute <laughs> garbage, man. Same old, yeah. Same either old. way, either it way. Is. Look, let's let's transition. I have a couple more things I want to talk before we end the show. Aaron Rodgers, Mike. Back in the news, wants security with the Green Bay Packers. Doesn't feel, in fact, I, I believe they 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 just gave him a check. I think they upfronted him some money, a little bit of the money that they uh, that they owed him on the back end. I I don't believe that they have intentions of committing to Aaron Rodgers' pass this year. That bothers him. You've got Jordan Love out of Utah, first round draft pick. They have high hopes for him. Aaron Rodgers is saying, no, I need security pass this year. What happens in Green Bay, Mike? If you're the GM, if you're the head coach, what move are you making? Are you committing to Aaron? If Jordan Love was a third-round pick, he'd be out. But he's not. He's a first-round pick, and they're looking at, what do we have over the next two years as opposed to what do we have over the next 12 years? It's the same situation that Aaron Rodgers was in with Brett Favre. What do you do if you're the helm of the Green Bay Packers. And, and I know they had a great year last year, but this is just feel like one of those couples that you're just always saying, like, why don't they just go their separate ways? They, 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 there's something here. There's an angered element. There's just not a real clear plan together. And I don't get it, man. Cause like I see from Aaron Rodgers too, like you guys are now asking him to take a pay cut. Um, but where, where'd you spend your money at? Where, where are the free agents that you, you, that we need to close the gap on? Um, you get a player like that. I almost feel like Green Bay doesn't realize what they got to go from Brett Favre Mike. to Aaron Rodgers is unreal. Join the Miami Dolphins who haven't had a replacement since Dan Reno. Join the, the Denver Broncos who's been looking since John Elway. Uh, you know, like 
you get players like this, you've got to go all in every single year. And right now, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm frustrated, man. I'll be straight up with you. I'm frustrated because I don't think we can get done versus the team like the Bucks that whooped our butts two different times. And there's a huge gap in talent. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, no, no. I, I look. Here's the deal. I, he, if if they would have won a Super Bowl this last year, we everybody in the world they, they would literally be getting Jordan Love out of town for a second round pick. They'd be talking to the New York Jets. They'd be saying, "Hey, don't pick. Uh, you know, don't don't pick Wilson. Let's go ahead and get you Jordan Love." Let's go ahead and have you, you know, send us a second round pick and use that third or second round pick, whatever it is that they have in the draft. Use that to trade, use that to do something, maybe getting him out of time. But they did not win the Super Bowl. In fact, Mike, as a starter in the postseason, Aaron Rodgers is 11 and nine. He's one and four in, 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 in conference finals. So you, you, you got to understand like a lot of this, a lot of this falls on Aaron Rodgers. You know, he he is not it's not as if he gets into the playoff and, and he he takes the team to the Super Bowl, makes these major play. I mean, think about this just this last year, the collapse. Mike, I think back to the fourth quarter when he's got twelve yards to run to get a fourth down or to get the first down. He was on third down. I mean, you know, everybody blames the coach for for kicking a field goal and for making the wrong play choice. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers had multiple times that the defense stood up and won against the offense that could have allowed him to win that game. He's not done it. So if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I've got to be thinking, Aaron Rodgers is worth three first-round draft picks to a franchise right now. Next year, he's probably worth two. So what are we doing? We've got a depreciating asset, and we've got a brand-new rookie sitting your on the bench that's ready to go. Your, your stock's never going to be higher. Sometimes you got to make hard decisions. Um, you know, it's never going to be higher coming off that MVP year. You know how high you've reached. You've reached the highest pinnacle with them. And like you said, that could be three first-rounders, maybe a player or two. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking at a team like Denver right, right off the big, the get go. They come to mind, and maybe I'm bringing in like a Vaughn Miller and a, a you know a, a Jared Judy, three first rounders. I send Rodgers there, and it's a win win. And I get I set, set up my uh you know my defense up for the long haul to keep Jordan Love on a situation where he doesn't have to play like that. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a part where you want to roll the dice again and see how good you could do. But smart business owners are proactive, not reactive. And again, it doesn't seem like the the management and the player have the same vision of what to do. Spot on. Spot on, Mike. Very last thing I want to talk about. And what a way to end the show. I want to talk about the New York Jets. I want to talk about Sam Dartold. Crazy. Every other day I hear something different. I read something about them saying that Zach Wilson is super on their radar and they're they're feeling good about him. And then, you know, other in in another breath I hear somebody saying, No, you know, Sam Dartold's our guy. We're gonna roll with him. That's 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 where we're at. We're committed to Sam. Mike, what's to do with Sam Darnold? Are the Jets committed to him? Are they going to expedite him out of town? Is Zach Wilson their guy? I mean, what's going on with Gang Green? Excellent questions because, uh, and then right now, maybe not straight him is actually improved his value because with Deshaun Watson and, 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 you know, he's not going anywhere. The rest of the quarterback carousel has now settled in. You might be able to get more than you originally could for a Sam Darnold, but, uh, I think the Jets are still doing their due diligence. I think they're going to the pro days. I think they're scouting. I think they're talking to coaches. And uh, the time is on their their hands. They don't need to make any you know quick quick decisions without really thinking and seeing what other teams are doing. You can communicate back and forth. Um, I don't think he stays there, though. I think uh, it's a mutual agreement that he needs a fresh start. They need a fresh start because they got a lot of players to improve on. Any chance he stays with them? No. 
and I think he should. I think Sam Darnold has been ill-supported, poorly coached, in a bad situation. I think you're going to take what's a very, very good quarterback. If he was coming out of college this year, I think he'd be the second or third best quarterback behind behind Trevor Lawrence. I, I think he's better than Justin Fields. I think he's as good, if not better, than Zach Wilson. And so I, th- I think he's been poorly supported. And I think if you take him out of town and put Zach Wilson in that situation, you're literally just taking a guy and trading him out for somebody that's almost equal and hoping that you know things go a little bit better. But the thing, everything's the same in New York, Mike. And not, nothing has changed. If you if you if you change if you, if you just change the quarterback, <laughs> I, I just don't know where I, I just don't know where the improvement come from. Zach Wilson is not that much better than Sam Darnold. And keep in mind, Sam Darnold's played in the NFL for three years. So you're, you're like Zach Wilkins. He's never taken a snap in the NFL. He's also played for BYU, yeah. who has as light of a schedule as anything I've ever seen. So it's like I I just I I don't know man I don't know that you sell Sam Darnold down the river for for Zach Wilson when you've got Sam Darnold who's been very poorly supported I don't know if I'm the GM I keep Sam I trade that I trade that pick I get a lot of draft capital I go and I stack up another wide receiver or two for Sam Darnold I secure that offensive line I add another playmaker to that defense and I try to see what happens Keep in mind Adam Gase was just fired the new regime has time to take a gamble like this. In fact, if they're smart and want longevity in their job, they say, yeah, let's 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 roll with Sam Dartle. Let's see if we can work with it. And if it doesn't work, you blame it on the old regime, and then you move on. You buy yourself another year of time in a league that's willing to fire head coaches after one or two I years. Think the pro- I think the problem so, with that is this year has about five or six prospects that may go in the first round, one or two that may go in the second round. Next year's quarterback well is dry. And of course, there'll be always some guy that comes out of nowhere, and you're like, "Oh man, this guy's a new, you know, the the new hot thing." Right now, I don't know if the quarterback pool will be this strong for the next few years. So you either make a move, and and at the end of the day, this is what your coach and your general manager get paid to do. You got to put your franchise long term, like you said. There's no pressure to win it next year. What is your plan? What what are you trying to do? Are you trying to be six and ten? Then you keep Sam Darnold. Are you trying to just change everything? And and I'm not saying one way is good or not, but you, you've identified th- this team needs players and they need them everywhere. You're right, Mike. We'll see what happens. I'm I I I'm in favor of keeping Sam Dart. If you're going to tear it down and rebuild, right now you've got a lot of draft capital and you've got a lot of salary cap space. Use this year as a rebuild and don't sacrifice the life of a fresh young quarterback like Zach Wilson because he will die in New York. <laughs> They're not you ready know, for you, that. You, you got some teams, let's, Kev, uh, let's you got some teams like the Carolina Panthers that really want to trade up or, uh, you know, the Washington football team or the Chicago Bears will do anything to save the humiliation of having Andy Dalton for yeah. 16 games. So you, you trade that pick back. You may be able to get a King's ransom and identify needs, plural. Um, it's certainly looking like the Dolphins probably aren't taking a quarterback at three. Falcons probably not at number four. So that number two pick is huge because I'm guessing they're either three or four trades back if, in the draft. If to get Zach more picks. Wilson, if his hype team put, paints him in the right light, they can get an RG3 type haul for him. Mark, 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 mark my words. They can do that. Um, for him or for Justin Fields or whoever they want, you know, whoever, whoever they see. And isn't it just. Isn't it just cr- 
crazy that he bypassed Justin Fields, man? I, I mean, whatever Kool-Aid he's putting out there, people are drinking and drinking a lot of it. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what, what happens. So your prediction is they do what? Oh, I I think they sell him down the river, man. It's it's unfortunate. I don't think they should, but they will. They'll get rid of Sam Darnold. I think Zach Wilson starts for them next year. Um, My prediction is the same, and I also think I'm happy for Sam Darnold because he gets to leave a dysfunctional place. Yeah, man. I see Sam Darnold suiting up for the Broncos or somebody like that, man. We'll 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 we'll, we'll see where he lands. Nonetheless, Mike, brother, as always, it is fun, man. I I enjoy this. I enjoy catching up with you. I enjoy. Uh, Hearing your take on a lot of a lot of these subjects, man. Free agency, the NFL, never a dull moment. We will keep everybody posted. Want to end with a quote of the day, and I want to I want to go ahead and quote the famous Colin Coward. Colin Coward is one of my favorite uh, broadcasters. We listen to him a lot. A lot of good insight. Here's what he said, and he, he said this in reference to how to run an organization in the NFL. He said nobody in business ever wrote. In order to run a successful organization, the key is to tippy-toe around your employees. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Can't let the tail wag the dog. Folks, want to make sure that you subscribe from whatever airwaves you are listening to. And as always, visit us on Twitter. Definitely leave us a, a comment on what you want us to talk about and what you want to hear from us. We are at FanPopPod, and we will catch you guys next time. As always, Mike, have a great week, and see you next week, brother. We are out of here. See you. Podcast.